0: Every time I think of mushrooms, I think of this quick, real quick story. When I was in New York with my daughter a couple years ago, we loved going to Chinese. Like, you know, get the general sal. Give me the general sal. So I go, I look, I, I yelp it, like, best Chinese in New York. So we go to the best Chinese restaurant in New York. And this is where I should have known it was going right. I don't see one American in there. I'm like, okay, this is really Chinese. Yeah, this is, this is really the best general salad chicken I've ever had. <laughs> so I get in there. I'm like, can I get, you know, I don't even recognize the menu. I'm like, you know, I order a like Can I get of- upside down Donkey House with <laughs> a pound sign <laughs> inside Dude, of it? It was unbelievable. They brought out this, like, mushroom soup. I was like, there was 87 species of mushrooms. And they <laughs> said, so like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like it, right? So is they bring this all this safe? stuff out, all this stuff out. And I'm like, my daughter didn't eat one thing. It was like real legit Chinese. I didn't know it was legit Chinese. (laughs) So I finally pulled pulled the waitress over like, ma'am, do you have anything you would get at like the mall, like
1: Panda Express?
2: (laughs) 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 Do you have anything on a
1: toothpick that we get? Randy
2: Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
3: It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. True 11. It's 71 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Local and federal investigators are working to learn why a 24-year-old man shot more than a dozen people in a deadly mass shooting at a video game tournament. Authorities say David Katz of Baltimore killed two people and wounded at least seven, 11 others rather, before killing himself yesterday in Jacksonville, Florida, FBI and ATF are involved in the case and the people who were wounded are in stable condition. Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto is losing two members of his administration. Chief Financial Officer Sam Ashbaugh has accepted a position at Tepper School of Business at CMU. Jennifer Persuti is the Director of the Office of Management and Budget is heading to Pittsburgh Water and Sewer Authority. Both will depart from City Hall next month, so I don't know if you're looking for a job, there's a couple openings. Apply within. Right. Uh, The American dream is changing. While plenty of people still think owning a home is an important uh, thing, a growing number of Americans are cooling to the idea with a whopping 82% saying their American dream is simply financial security for themselves and their family. This seems to be a reaction to so many still struggling with big time debt and seeing just how expensive owning a home can be.
2: You know, in, in like Eastern cultures, like m- my dad had a, a Thai family and they, he said their philosophy. He had
3: a Thai family?
2: Yeah, he was in the, uh, I should probably preface it by saying.
3: <laughs> Did uh, he have a second family that you're no, no, telling no. us about?
2: No, when it, when he was in the Peace Corps, like a family like adopted him, like okay. had him, um, you know. He lived and, with them. Uh, yeah. And, and they moved here to the States, and their philosophy on home ownership is completely different. Like, they all live together as a family, even like as Like generations. Adults. Yeah. Yeah. To save money. And when they buy their house, like, they buy their house.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They own it. Outright. Outright. And I was like- Pretty tough to what? do. What? Because I, you know, when what's crazy is whenever I bought my house and they handed me the pamphlet of- all of the payments individually uh-huh kind of put things in perspective for the first time yeah and you know they take their cut right at the beginning all of the interest is in the front yes so like you're looking yeah. at how you much of like my principal 12
3: dollars oh, on the principal Oh, okay
2: nine bucks this month on the yeah. principal <laughs> really working that down yeah
3: Kroger, the largest grocery store chain in the U.S., has announced it will get rid of single-use plastic bags in all of its stores by 2025, which is still a ways off. According to research by the grocer, single-use plastic bags are the fifth most common single-use plastic found in the environment, with $100 tossed in the U.S. every year.
2: Here's my thing with that. Like, kudos to Kroger's. But, you know, why not do it now? I know. Hey that's guys, why I'm like,
3: that's seven years from now. We
2: can't do this anymore, guys. Seven years from now, let's change it all up. <laughs> We're making changes.
3: Crazy Rich Asians remains the top film in North America. The Warner Brothers rom-com is on track to make $25 million this weekend in the U.S. and Canada for a 10-day total of $77 million. I want to see that.
2: I bet my dad's Thai family saw it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, do too. I Steve was tweeting about it, Steve Byrne, and yeah. uh, he said it was a great movie. And it looks fun. And Sean said it was nice, uplifting, yeah. heartwarming. A
3: rom-com.
2: We need that.
3: Yes. Uh, Coming in second, the shark movie The Meg, which has sold $105 million worth of tickets since its release 17 days ago. Rounding out the week's top five are the Melissa McCarthy comedy The Happy Time Murders, Mission Impossible Fallout, and Disney's Christopher Robin. The Tom Petty and American Treasure box set is set to be released on multiple formats on September 28th. The set will be available as a 60-track, 4-CD deluxe and super deluxe edition, a standard 2-CD set and a 6-LP vinyl set. All 60 tracks, which include newly discovered tracks from Petty's vault, have been remixed and remastered. Meanwhile, a video has been released for the previously unreleased version of 2007 song You and Me featuring personal photos and fan shots. Footage. And the John Lennon six disc box set Imagine the Ultimate Collection, set to be released October 5th. That collection includes 140 tracks, all remixed and remastered, spread across four CDs and two Blu ray discs. The set will also be available in multiple formats, including as a 2-CD edition, 1-CD, and 2-LP vinyl. Meanwhile, the Imagine and Gimme Some Truth films will both be available on multiple formats on the same day and uh, death to note this morning the playwright who brought Oscar Madison and Felix Unger to life has died. Neil Simon died at New York Presbyterian Hospital in Manhattan he was 91. Writer known to friends as Doc is best known for writing The Odd Couple, Barefoot in the Park, Lost in Yonkers and a lot of other Broadway plays. The Bronx native also wrote the screenplays to The Heartbreak Kid and The Goodbye Mm. Girl Simon won three Tony Awards and was nominated for four Oscars during his career. Warm and Humid, possible rain today. Temperatures near ninety. It's 71 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. Mike Pursuda coming up at the bottom of the hour with sports. Randy off again today. Rob King gonna be joining us at 845 this morning. Talk a little bit about that third preseason game for the Steelers. It's the D V E morning show. It's a DV morning show. Sean Casey joined us Friday morning in the studio. Spent a couple of hours with us. It's always great to have oh, I love the mayor when Case here. Comes in. It's always uh, <laughs> exhausting, though. Human Red gone. Bull. Right. That's a great description of him. <laughs> um, and he told us the story about the giant Sean Casey head in Italy. It's a DV morning show. That is your good friend, Eddie Vedder, <laughs> leading where? the Italy? crowd.
0: That was in Italy.
3: Leading the crowd in a Sean Casey chant, because somebody had a giant it's Sean a- Casey <laughs> head.
1: My what friend Jagoff brought that over there, or was I it a good it person? There.
0: No, my friend Shannon um, from MLB <laughs> Network, like months ago, was like, I'm going to Italy to see Pearl Jam, biggest Pearl Jam fan ever. She goes, I'm getting one of those fat head heads made of you, and I'm going to bring it with me. I'm like, oh, it's so funny. That's a good idea. ha. <laughs> next thing I know she did it (laughs) right and she's like I guess she was like you know Ed sends and send me a you know a text after he's like dude he's like you're not going to believe it. Uh, I'm sitting there um, during the show, and I look over, you know, right in front of Mike McCready is a huge Sean Casey head bobbing up and down to every song, you know, every project song. And then and what's great is on the, you know, for the bootleg, you know, he, he he gets a chant going, hey, Sean Casey. Now, we're in Italy, so they have zero idea who I am, right? They're like, who is Sean? Is, is, is he from Ireland? You know, is he a soccer player? They have no idea who I am. So they get the big chant going, hey, Sean Casey, 60,000 people in Italy are. Chanting that. Giovanni, you ever heard of Sean Casey? No, but <laughs> anybody who's
2: telling us to chant, we chant. Keep going,
0: keep going. And uh it was it was unbelievable. He sent he sent me some footage of, of like the backstage, like when he when he saw it, yeah. he had the camera guy. He's like, look, he's like, get it! And there it is, right there. It was so funny though. Uh, so funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah, Legendary. and he was chanting the mayor, and they're like, Who?
2: They're
3: like the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the mayor. Yes. yes! The mayor!
2: Is he related to Jeremy? Well, I don't know what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, I was just I just saw him in in Wrigley on Monday, which was which is which was really cool. Like, Mike's you know, going to see you're him. You're going to you're going to Boston, right? Fenway on September
2: second. Wait, did to...
3: did you get rained out?
0: No, we uh it was going to be a thirty minute rain delay. Okay. it rained the whole time. That's what it's good to know, Theo Epstein. When you're in the Cubs clubhouse, you're <laughs> like, "This is perfect. Let's just stay here."
2: Did you have the fat head huh? with you? Yeah, yeah no, you
0: did. After the show, no, come on. Sorry, after the show, we went into the Cubs clubhouse, and uh, his little daughter Harper came around the corner with the Casey fathead head on. They go. <laughs> And came in. It was so great. It was so funny. So Ed Ed stole you know not the stole but took the fat head from my from my friend Shannon and Shannon was like, Hey, uh, can you ask Ed to give me that fat head back? I was like, No, Shannon, you're not getting that fat head back. I think they have it for good. Pearl Jam has took it. it on tour. They still have it though. He said he keeps it backstage. You know, he's like, it's a it's a unbelievable picture of like my mouth wide open.
3: Like, hey. Do you know where the picture is from? I like don't know the, where it's
0: from. She said she you know, she you just know what, what no, you know what happened images? was. Um, well, I was the grand marshal for the Cincinnati Reds uh, parade uh, in in 2016. And and she I, took it from that. They had huge heads of me. I like, oh, I went okay. out. They're like, hey, and I went out to address the crowd. It was like, twenty thousand people. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, look at those heads. <laughs> 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 it's unbelievable, you know. And so I think that's where she got the idea from. But I think she ordered the picture. You know, she went online, found the picture, and ordered it. But it's a humongous head. And, that and thing and, is already. And, and, and Ed on the Ed on the uh, bootleg was like. And fans, that is the actual size of that man's head. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Real measurements.
0: Real measurements, yeah. <laughs> so I saw the head after the show in Wrigley. It was hilarious. Oh. So That was the show. Awesome. The show was awesome. You know, it was tough because they had a, i think they had a midnight curfew, so they mm-hmm. went on at nine thirty. Yeah, they never—they stayed on for two and a half hours yeah. and just ripped it, let it rip. But it was—it was a great show. More covers this time? No, that- there wasn't a lot of covers. There was a lot of covers on on uh, on the first show at Wrigley. Oh, okay. You they, went they, to the yeah, second. There, there was a few. There was definitely a few covers, but not as many as the first night. But man, it was a great show. You know, what was great was the—I think Ed was so into it because it was pouring rain right and the crowd the crowd was packed like no mm-hmm. one no one, the, the no rain one left or anybody and you could tell there was a certain edge they came out to give him the fly and there was a certain energy right out the gates. It was like, oh, here we go, buckle up, you know. Yeah.
1: He loves the ballparks too. Huh? No, he
0: loves it. He loves the ballparks, the he, historic ones. Huge but... baseball fan, you know. what I mean, you know, his he's got an unbelievable memorabilia room out in out in Seattle, where, in their recording studios. I'll bet. It's all his stuff. It's like literally some of the coolest stuff ever that he's collected over the years at auctions or things like that. And uh, huge baseball fan, a huge historian of the game, so. You know, he loves it. But he loves he loves being at Wrigley, man. He loves going to Fenway. He, they were just at Safeco, you know, out in they Seattle. Did he do that so. stupid
1: Cubs song? No, he didn't do it. I, I,
0: yeah. <laughs> One day we'll go all the way. They already yeah. won it, so he doesn't do it anymore. He's <laughs> like, you know.
3: Didn't you take him to the Clemente museum here oh, yeah. for a tour with took him to the Clemente
0: Museum in 2013 with Maz. Too, 2013 right? with Maz. I'm, it was a great story too, because I'm like I hadn't heard from Maz, you know, until like the last second. And it was like two days before I called him. I'm like, hey Maz, this is Sean Casey. I'm not stalking you because <laughs> I know i am sent you like a text, but like, you probably have no idea how to use text. So I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> like So I'm like Maz. I was like, I'll do anything, you know. It, it, what a what a generous great dude I was like, I got this guy, Eddie Venner, coming in, Pearl James was like, Pearl who? I'm like, oh gosh, this is a lost cause. But I was like, Maz, I just need you I just need you to come. He's a big deal. So he came. So Maz came, Steve Blass came, they were telling unbelievable stories. Wow. Jason Grilly was there. Jimmy T uh you know just oh, it, it was a awesome. great time. But we uh, I went down there, Dwayne Reeder, you know, hooked up. I hooked up a dinner down there. We, you know, we had some wine and stuff, and they came in a couple of days beforehand. But he wears that Clemente shirt all the time, the 21 shirt. You see him wear that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, from that day at the Clemente Museum. There's some does.
2: great footage of that concert, too. Grilly came out. Oh,
0: yeah, and singing the whipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They hey, were, like, wait, they, were they drinking Franco's wine? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, Franco, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait Yeah, what do you say, the good old, good old Irishman, Franco Harris? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the really but cool I, part was he dropped the bottle, but he caught it just off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you it's know, so
0: I he, I had um, he's a huge like uh, uh helmet collector, right? So like batting helmets, yeah, like batting helmets, but the old school, the skull cap ones, right? He loves the skull cap ones, and so um, back then, I I, I as like you know, I, I was I was talking to Dwayne Reader about, hey, is there any way we could get Ed like a, you know, a Clemeny skull cap? Well, there was a guy in L.A. that had one. That was the, I think he was the. I think he was one of the clubbies back in the day. So I found it and I get it for him and I gave it to Ed as a gift. Whoa! And he wore. If you go back to that bootleg, if you go back and look at that on, the, on Yellow Leadbetter at the end, he puts the Clemente helmet on and he says real soft. But if you go back and listen, he says Roberto Clemente, Roberto Clemente. Like, he was like honored to put it on, but he wore it for the last Yellow Leadbetter in Pittsburgh wow. in two thousand thirteen. Pretty cool. Sweet. And I think there's only two in existence. I think Vera Clemente wow. has the three thousandth hit one, and then I think Better has the other one. Wow. How cool is that? It's
3: pretty incredible. So you go
0: back and listen to that bootleg 2013. He says Roberto Clemente twice before he sings Yellow Lead Better. Just saying, guys.
3: I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm super embarrassed
2: to say this out loud, and I don't know if I've told everybody here, but my grandma used to run this, uh, this apartment building called Penley Park back in the day. It was in Highland Park. And Roberto Clemente lived there. So she had all this memorabilia from him. Like, he he loved her. Like, he gave her stuff. And she was like, hey, I don't know if you ever want this. And gave me this ball when I was, oh like, God. 10 years old, signed by Stargell and Clemente. And I underlined all of the signatures with a Sharpie and uh, ruined the ball.
0: Wait, do you still have it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> It's it's straight up ruined, probably worth nothing. Oh, man. And it burns me to Curseated. this day where, but I like get mad at her for giving it. I'm like, why would you, like, I have a 10-year-old now. I wouldn't give her, I bought her a pair of shoes. They were stained before we got home. I'm like, you didn't even have them on. Her sister went to smell them, but had like chocolate on her lip. And then there's chocolate stain on a brand new pair of shoes. Yeah. They're 10 years old. You don't give a 10-year-old anything that is a value a pop star and a clementic <laughs> like, here you go bill let me doodle on this
5: dve sports
3: well mike three down one to go thank goodness
1: oh couldn't have said it any better one more <laughs> to endure mike. and it's a
3: short week too so even yeah. better
1: even better sports this hour is brought to you by xfinity from comcast we will uh, get to the rapidly uh, approaching end of the preseason in a second but i wanted to lead with the pirates what was it you said before the break they didn't quite get what they were looking for from chris archer something to that effect yeah,
3: was, all of us looking it, for
1: it was a very nice spin on what was just an awful outing for chris archer yesterday in milwaukee Four innings, seven hits, six runs, all of them earned. Two walks and five strikeouts. Pirates lose to the Brewers 7-4 to four and drop two of three. Yikes. On the weekend, uh, they got another home run from uh, Adam Frazier, his seventh, and another from Gregory Polanco, his 21st. But uh, the story continues to be Archer, who uh, is struggling to say the least since coming to the Pirates' From Tampa Bay And five starts with the Bucks, he's got an ERA of six point four five. And uh, the hope and the expectation is that this guy's much better than this. His track record suggests he's much better than this, but uh, hasn't worked out so far. And episode- why
2: not, though? I mean, he we're, we haven't played the Yankees and the in the Red Sox a bunch. <laughs> no, not in Yankee <laughs> Stadium
1: in Fenway. Uh, Bob Walk was talking about uh, consistency of location yesterday on the broadcast, and he explained it Uh, he contrasted Archer with Jamison Tyone, who's been lights out for a long time now. That's because he's putting the ball. Tyone is putting the ball where he wants to. And there are times when Archer's doing that. And there are times when he's just serving it up and he's getting crushed when he serves it up. And, uh, you know, Hey, welcome to the big leagues. He's not new to the major leagues, but this, uh, location, 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 you got to (laughs) hit your spots. (laughs) You got to give yourself a chance to get the guy out and, uh, too often he's not doing that 64 and 67 now are the pirates they're 13 out in the division race and eight and a half out in the wild card chase so i think the adjusted goals the rest of the way are try to have a winning season try to continue to build some momentum for next year and figure out who you can really count on for next year and chris archer's supposed to be one of those guys and i still think he will be uh if you want to uh sign off on whether it was a good trade or bad trade right now, go right ahead, but that's not how this stuff works. No. Um
2: but this but is but for this season but, my Yeah, this has been really optimism has turned into realism. Off day today in uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: <Neil>. uh, <laughs> off day today in Saint Louis and uh the Bucks will play three against the Cardinals beginning Tuesday night Yvonne Nova against Jack Flaherty. Steelers uh, coming off a 16-6 to preseason win over Tennessee. That's the third of four. There's just one more game that doesn't count left. That'll be this Thursday at Heinz Field against Carolina. As for what took place Saturday afternoon, the first-team offense played uh, what Ben Roethlisberger thought was a representative game, considering in part who wasn't playing.
5: You know, we did it without some big names out there, right? Without Le'Veon, without Ab, without Vance, and so some guys stepped up and did some really good things. Um, so I'm really proud of the way everyone everyone played in kind of a short
1: stint, but it was good.
3: Is yeah. Vance McDonald hurt again?
1: He's been hurt since the uh, fourth practice back at
2: St. Vincent. Now Jesse James is hurt. They
1: said it was a foot injury. Uh, said it was no big deal, but uh, he has not uh, done anything yet. No Le'Veon Bellacourse because he hasn't signed yet. No Antonio Brown. They are uh, treating him uh, very gingerly, uh, as they should be. Mm-hmm. No reason for him to be out there right now. And uh, Vance McDonald remains uh, a question mark. But In the uh, garage. They did uh, move the ball a little bit. They did some no huddle. Uh, probably the guy who was uh, most disappointing, given the circumstances, was Ben Roethlisberger, at least that's how he saw it. Uh, he was critical of his performance, which he suspected was partially a result of rust,
5: probably, and just um, a, uh, anxious. Um, a real rush coming at you, you know, and just um, you know not getting the ball high enough on my release.
1: That's with Jesse James in particular. Yeah, had a hard time working off.
5: I, I was I was most disappointed about about throwing to him. Um, you know, we've had some good connections in the past, and that's and on me. You know, he was in the right spots. I just um, was sailing him a little bit. It's um one of those things when you see a big target you kind of relax and don't think about the pinpoint accuracy but i need to do that and um i hate that that he got hit because of a pass out through tonight
1: yeah, james wound up with a back contusion uh rookie wide receiver james washington had uh an ab injury of some degree uh, we'll see as yes to the severity of that stuff this week perhaps perhaps we will not but it was pretty obvious that uh roethlisberger and james just weren't on the same page. Uh, the first three throws to James were incomplete. He Floating ed- them. He ended up catching two balls on six targets for 17 yards. Ben Roethlisberger was 11 for 18 for a buck 14. No sacks, no interceptions. A 32-yard touchdown to Justin Hunter. Roethlisberger's passer rating ended up at 97.9, but he didn't look midseason form sharp. So uh, he'll have that to uh, work on and build on as the regular season approaches. Uh, the defense was pretty good, and uh, – Well, that's not necessarily defining, it was encouraging. Uh, Tennessee, pretty good team, didn't get much done at all. Mike Tomlin had said he wanted to see varsity ball all the way across the board in Mm -hmm. advance of uh, the game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Cam Hayward, however, would not go as far as to say Tomlin got what he wanted. You ask him. I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Did it meet your expectations? What, what is my expectation?
4: We only got a uh, six sacks, so I think we could have got more. We could have left the game with zero sack. I mean, uh, zero points. Hooks got a sack, but could have got could have celebrated a little bit better.
5: Uh, but uh, I think uh, you know we just gotta be very critical of ourselves, even
4: when we do win, because uh, you know when we do that, you know we can stack performance on performance.
1: That sounds like a a good approach for the defense. Don't think for a second you've arrived even after a good performance such as Saturday right. afternoon. Just think you've arrived when it's over and you've won. I like and that. And there's a parade. But they were pretty good. You saw yeah. st- you saw Stephon Tuett show up, I think, for the first time in the preseason and He looked like a wrecking ball out there. He's a factor, you know, he's a difference maker. He Tuitt and Hayward ought to be the same guy. Yep. And they ought to start blowing stuff up up front, and then that'll give the Beating outside... up space and blockers. That'll give the outside linebackers a chance to be splash players, and then that'll give the secondary a chance to be good enough. And they did get uh, sacks and turnovers, which they're going to have to get. They didn't give up a ton of yards, uh, but that kind of stuff, the sacks, the turnovers, the big plays, can take the yards allowed off the board as long as you keep them out of the end zone. So a uh, good step forward for the Steelers, and uh, they will finish it up Thursday... Against Carolina, probably uh, a JV game and then some. Yeah, this of, is going to be the most meaningless game. In terms of who, uh, and that's saying something. Because <laughs> they're all meaningless, They Mike. are all meaningless, Bill. Uh, last but not least, uh, Pitt, Penn State, and West Virginia getting ready to crank things up this weekend. And Panthers head coach Pat Narduzzi. Throwing it out there, uh, speaking to a bunch of Pitt fans at the kickoff luncheon on Friday at Heinz Field. Narduzzi said, among other things, and I quote, next time we'll see you is in Charlotte for the ACC championship game because we're going. That according to uh, Jerry DiPaolo in the Trib.
2: Watch that first step. It's a Narduzzi. He adds, quote... Uh, I don't these, know what that means.
1: These guys have talked about it more than ever. I don't make any guarantees. You know that. But that's what we're shooting for. And if we aren't shooting for it, what are we doing? What are we wasting our time for? I agree with most of that sentiment. But when he says, uh, you know, I don't make any guarantees. Well, when you say uh, you're yeah. going, you just, you you just, just
2: did. You kind of just called your shot there.
1: You don't have to say guarantee to ha- make a guarantee. <laughs> right. I just hope it's not uh, one of those Tommy Boy scenarios where, uh, you know, you can slap a guarantee on it. All that means is you're getting a guaranteed piece of woohoo.
2: But hey, well, you know. You can get a good look at a T-bone by, uh... never mind. I don't have a problem with that. I... No, good. It's... Ambition. Yeah. Always a good thing. That's, you know, if it doesn't
1: work out, he's going to have to answer for it all year long, but uh, he'll he'll apparently take that and own that and wear that, so good for him. That's all I got, Valerie.
3: Very good. Thank you very much, Mike. We're going to be joined by Rob King at 845 this morning. It's a DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman off today. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford. How was your weekend, Bill?
2: It was great, Val. How was yours? Busy. Busy. Very busy. Yeah. Mine too. Did you... I had to go to
3: Franklin for uh, uh, my nephew's wedding. Well, yeah, on that's right. Yeah, How was so, it? Great. Got to see family and that's awesome. Hung out in Franklin for a little bit. So
2: yeah, we had a pretty big Saturday. We woke up early Saturday morning and did the run around the square, which is a race in Regent Square that's been going on since I was a kid. Oh, Neighborhood cool. I grew up in. So I I registered my daughters for the first time this year. <laughs> They're not. They don't run. They haven't trained. I don't know why I signed them up thinking how long that is, that was going to be cool. How
3: long is it it's for five, everybody? It's a 5K. Even for the kids? Yeah. Okay.
2: So, you know, I have a 7-year-old, a 10-year-old.
3: My well, brother's have...
2: kids are both, like, doing track and running. hmm So his, his son, who's 7, is, is Sammy, and his daughter, who's 10, is Chloe, and they're both, like, runners. So they've been training. Mm-hmm. But my girls were like, "No, Dad, I want to go. I want to run. I want to do it this year." I'm like, "Guys, it's a it's a long race," so we we get up and it's me and my sister are going to be running with the kids. Uh-huh. So we got four kids with us. We get up on to the you know to the starting line. The gun goes off and we're like, "All right, you guys ready? Everybody, let's pace ourselves." We start running first block and was like i'm cramping i am cramping i'm dad i'm cramping i'm like oh god so we fall back she's like i gotta walk i gotta walk i'm like seriously We're, we're not off the first block and so i just throw her on my back now i'm running oh
3: my god with
2: a 50 pound rucksack on my back trying to catch up to my sister because i knew this was gonna happen you know that you're like, gonna
3: fall behind, get yeah, separated. Yeah, and, and
2: and and my brother's kids have been training, and they like wanted to get a trophy because yeah. their age groups like they think that they could place or you know get it, you know win. Sure, yeah and and i knew that my kids can't just roll out of bed and run this thing but i thought we could like just fall back and run
3: and still run at our own pace right i mean kids they have boundless right. energy
2: that's what i thought <laughs> turns out i got the kids without boundless energy i got the kids with very bounded energy there's v- limits and so here have like, a red ball <laughs> you know, so i'm running with her on my back <laughs> oh, my sweating God. like an animal like i'm just oh. sweating gumballs
6: oh, my and God.
2: and luckily like at the half mile point my whole family is out there cheering like you know my brother and sister-in-law and my mom and oh, dad great. are out there yeah. and and everybody's being supportive of my brother-in-law and his kids and and we're, we're coming up and I'm just like I just hand Emma off I'm like she can't do this so she's out so now I gotta pick up the pace to try to catch, catch them because right. I've fallen way behind so I'm running now how's and I'm,
3: Kennedy doing?
2: I don't know oh you don't know where she I, is because I don't know where oh she my is God. so I'm trying to run up and, and find her and ha- like the the second mile is like up through the nature center trail like towards Squirrel Hill mm-hmm. and it's uphill so I'm, like, gassed because I was just carrying someone right. for the whole time. So, like, I'm trying to, you know, pick up my pace and I'm running and I look over and there's this woman who's running and I, I look over and it's Kennedy. She's just running with some, you know, stranger woman who found her, like, on the bridge because she just... Couldn't couldn't hang with the rest of the group. Yeah. Oh
3: my god. God, Daddy,
2: what's going on? I thought you'd never find me. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just carrying your sister and she's like, What? Can you carry me? I'm like, You're (laughs) ten. But yeah, I will. And so I get her on my back. Now I'm running with her on my back. My glasses are down at the tip of my nose. I'm like, can you push my glasses up? She's pushing my glasses up. It's, I got two huge finger smudges where my eyes are. My glasses are fogged. I can't see. I'm running downhill now towards the finish line. And she's like, I twisted my ankle. I'm oh. like, I'm carrying you. So I'm like, listen. We uh, got to do this the right way. I'm going to set you down, finish line, so you can run. Over the line. So you can run across the finish you line.
3: get to feel what that's like. We
2: get down there. She runs across the finish line. My family is going berserk, but she's really upset, you know, because she got left.
3: Well, and, uh, yeah, sure. You know, and
2: I said that that's not fair because they were training and they had their own personal Goal. goals that didn't include you. And, and I'm sorry that I didn't catch up to you sooner or whatever. So we cross the finish line and everybody's cheering for us and then we're (sighs) sitting at the side and they're calling out all of the you know the trophies winners and um my my niece chloe doesn't win and she's like super bummed and kennedy's already upset yeah so then it comes up to the, (laughs) the the younger age group and they're like um they're like, you know, boys, third place, Ba blah, blah, blah. Second place, Sammy Crawford. The whole place goes nuts. You Yay. know, our whole crowd goes nuts. And then they go, okay, females, third place, Emma Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently when she had come down there, she like was milling around around the finish line. Oh, and it and registered. Tech- <laughs> and she won a trophy. And as soon as she won, she went up and picked it up and started cheering. <laughs> Kennedy and Chloe both started crying. Oh,
3: no. Like, hysterically. Like, they were distraught.
2: And she kept being like, I won. I won. And we all had to be like, you didn't win, dude. Like, I understand you took the trophy, but you definitely didn't win just now.
3: Oh, my.
2: And she had this really nice moment where she was like, I don't know. She just showed this maturity she's never showed before. And she was like, Kennedy, I want you to have this trophy because you finished the race. And Kennedy took it, and I thought Kennedy was going to be like, "Chloe, I know you wanted it, so you take it, yeah, but Kennedy was like, "Thank you, I <laughs> want a trophy and just <laughs> held it up like over chloe 's head I was like that 's not the message. all right, fine uh... and uh, and then the rest of the day we just Kind of limped around, like you know, they were complaining. But it was just, it was, it was an awesome morning. Oh! And uh, they'll probably never run again. So
3: (laughs) they have been traumatized.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they were. Kenny was like, "I'm never gonna do this again." He's like, (laughs) "I mean, you have to train, like maybe once." Yeah, can't just roll out of bed and and start running long distances. I learned
3: that the hard way too. You did? Well, I didn't run. I. I was going to run the half marathon a few years ago with a yeah. friend of mine, and because I'm not athletic in any way, I started training and I got shin splints. <laughs> oh, well, no. because I'm stupid, I thought, ah, I just need to run it out. No! And I just kept running and running like every oh, day on no. it, and it got so bad that it hurt to walk. Yeah. So then I just quit running, and I thought, <laughs> well, you know what? I can walk the half marathon. I mean, it's Easily. walking. Yeah. I walk every day.
2: It won't take me seven hours. First
3: six miles, great. After that my hips started to hurt and it was my knees. Oh yeah. Then my ankles. Right. By the time I got home I could barely get out of the car.
2: <laughs> Tim, get this the is dolly. Ridiculous. Get me into the house.
3: Tim said, What'd you expect?
2: <laughs> Not this, obviously. Hadn't thought
3: this all the way through. Oh, well that's a great story. Glad that you had that experience. <laughs> I uh, won! I won a trophy. <laughs> Dude,
2: they were so upset,
4: <laughs>
2: and it was just so funny. She didn't run the race. No, she ducked out before Her reaction, a mile. reaction though is awesome. Oh my god! We, I, th- I have a video of it. I'll oh show my, you in the, I'll I, show you in the break.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is the DVE morning show. Randy off uh, one more day. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna talk coming up about the world's. Fastest roller coaster that's coming up. It's a DV morning show.
7: What do you think about the straw movement? By the way, well I-,
3: I I asked, I went out to dinner with somebody the other day, and I'm like, "No straw, please." They're like, "What?"
7: Does it make you feel good when you it don't? It makes use straw? me
3: feel great.
7: So my thing with the straws is, I'm with you a hundred percent. There's got to be a better way, but we just don't have it yet, and that's annoying because those paper straws. I don't know if you've used those. They, like, get wet and fold in immediately. You yeah. can't even get one drink down. Well, And then drinking without a straw, straw? I mean, I don't know. I have kind of, like, sensitive teeth. And I have to, <laughs> you know to have to cover your teeth like this? With your lip? Yeah, you're like, I'm saving the environment, but
5: I'm definitely not getting laid. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
3: Stainless steel straw is a big thing I see for sale now. Really? Yes. Oh, that you makes carry my it, teeth hurt. You carry it with you. All the yeah, time.
2: I don't try I can't keep a hold of like an expensive <laughs> pen that I need for like I I need legitimately. Yeah.
3: Like.
2: I can't see being that
3: responsible. Yeah,
2: uh, resourceful, yeah. That's a lot that's a lot to lay on my shoulders. <laughs> Just to save the well, environment, kind of.
3: I did the story last hour. Kroger's is getting rid of the plastic bags in seven years. <laughs> in 2025. Right, yeah. Doing away with it. Making strides. Uh, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Central 11. It's 73 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The late Senator John McCain will lie in state at the Arizona Capitol in Phoenix and in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. this week. McCain died Saturday at the age of 81 after a year-long battle with aggressive brain cancer. He'll be given a full funeral at the Washington National Cathedral before his burial in Annapolis, Maryland. That'll be at the U.S. Naval Academy Cemetery. Reflecting on the senator's legacy this morning, NBC News correspondent Andrea Mitchell said McCain earned his maverick title and always lived up to it. There
2: is no one else in the Senate, certainly, Uh, no one else who would ignore the protocols and the niceties and just say what he thinks. And that's that cranky soul that we all got to know and were occasionally chastised
3: by. (laughs) Here is John McCain accepting the Republican nomination for president in 2008.
2: I fell in love with my country when I was a prisoner in someone else's. I loved it, not just for the many comforts of life here, I loved it for its decency, for its faith, and the wisdom, justice, and goodness of its people. I loved it because it was not just a place, but an idea, a cause worth fighting for. I was never the same again. I wasn't my own man anymore. I was my country's. My country saved me, and I cannot forget it. And I will fight for her as long as I draw breath. So help me, God.
3: Wow. Yeah, huge loss for the country. I was watching some of the news reports yesterday. Now, I yeah, knew that too. he was a POW for right. five years in, mm-hmm. in Vietnam. I never knew that he could have been released after a year. Oh, yeah. And uh, the code was whoever's captured first goes home first. Yeah. And the Vietnamese wanted to release him because they found out he was like military royalty. Yeah, he's a
2: high-profile guy.
3: Right. And he said no. Nope. And he was held captive for four more years after that. That's incredible. Pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, I was watching all that stuff yesterday, too, and just like... You know the White House correspondence. Like any time he spoke, it just you know, whenever he was in the uh, the 2008 election, like you know after uh, what what dinner is that that they have like leading up to it? I can't remember what it is, but he basically said some very nice things about a political opponent in mm-hmm. Barack Obama and and
3: well, uh, there's the famous clip of. A woman saying that she didn't trust Barack Obama, oh, yeah, that and he's—I yeah. I don't know if she said he was a Muslim. I he's can't an remember. Arab. An Arab, and in, in uh, McCain defended him and said, "No, ma'am, you're wrong."
2: Right. He's a so, citizen who I disagree with on a lot of different issues. issues yeah. But he's a good man.
3: Yeah. So he is a person who will be greatly missed. He's a an man American who, hero. Man who earned and gave respect. mm Hmm. Just, yeah. I shocked that's a by it. Loss. Like,
2: I, yeah. I knew that they had said that they were, you know, ceasing treatment, but it seemed like a couple hours later they were yeah. like, yeah, he passed away. I was yeah. Like,
3: what? No, I mean, he had been battling it for a long time, about a year or so. But it is a huge loss for the country. IBM has obtained a patent for a coffee drone that would not only deliver coffee directly to you, but would also be able to predict exactly when you need it.
2: This it, is what I need.
3: It has sensors that would be able to identify if somebody is sleepy or low energy or otherwise in need of a caffeine well, boost. Then,
2: uh, so <laughs> a drone hover. is just going to be at my side all day?
3: Yes. That's what I was
2: thinking. <laughs> Can they get inside? Because I'm <laughs> inside a lot.
3: It's just banging against yeah. the window out
2: here. Pardon me, guys. I have to just cut a hole through this window.
3: Uh, according to a new survey, more and more workers are sleepwalking through their careers. The survey found 37% of employees and nearly half of those aged 35 to 44 have no sense of professional direction. They just show up, they work, they go home, and they do it all again over and over without really sitting down to figure out where it's all leading.
2: They need coffee would, drones. <laughs> I'd
3: say thirty-seven percent is probably low. Low for that. I agree. Survey.
2: You know, you know, it's it, it's it's tough to watch too because you ever see somebody who's just constantly getting dragged behind the boat? Yeah, you are like, oh man, you got to figure this out. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the, the the monotonous of it, if you have no direction,
3: no idea what you want to do, is is kind of brutal. It is. Like I said, 37% seems low to me, but uh, if you are into fast roller coasters, which aren't they all fast? Yeah, they're I all mean, pretty fast. Uh, but here's, the
2: Top Thrill Dragster was super fast. Where's that? Cedar Point.
3: Well, this one you might want to put on your bucket list. It's a Ferrari-themed roller coaster in the United Arab Emirates. It claims to be the world's fastest. The Formula Rosa roller coaster at Ferrari World Park goes from zero to 150 miles per hour in just 4.9 seconds. Oh, wow. They say it launches you forward with a force you might feel as if you're taking off in a fighter jet Um, from an aircraft carrier. Do we need to feel that? Apparently so. Ferrari World Park offers some other cool stuff including a flight simulator and the chance to drive an actual Ferrari. Well that's cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the Top Thrill Dragster is at Cedar Point. It's like um uh like you know, they have it set up kind of the same thing, formula racing, like they have a set of stands and then you go from zero to eighty or ninety in six seconds and then it shoots you straight up. Oh my up, God. No and then you way. come straight down. The whole thing is like 30 seconds. Start to finish. 30 like, seconds too long for me.
7: Ah, ah, <laughs> ah.
2: All right. That was worth the seven hour wait. Let's do it again.
3: The city of Detroit will be honoring Aretha Franklin this week with various funeral events. There will be a public viewing of the Queen of Soul's body at the Charles H. Wright Museum for African American History on Tuesday and Wednesday. There will also be a public viewing on Thursday at New Bethel Baptist Church. That'll be followed by a free tribute concert at a park there. Franklin's funeral will be Friday at Greater Grace Temple. It'll include a lineup of performances by Stevie Wonder, Jennifer Hudson, and more, as well as speeches from former President Bill Clinton, Reverend Jesse Jackson, and others. Franklin died at her home in Detroit earlier this month after a battle with pancreatic cancer. She was 76. And another celebrity death over the weekend, Robin Leach
2: lifestyles of the rich and famous
3: yep uh, he passed away his health had been failing since last fall after he suffered a stroke he was 76 warm and humid rain possible today in some spots temperatures near 90 for the high at 73 at dve i'm val porter with bill crawford uh randy off today mike Pursuta has sports coming up at the bottom of the hour rob king joining us at 8 15 this morning it's the dve morning show hey! It's a DVE morning show. You know, any chance to revisit a visit from our good friend Bert Kreischer mm-hmm. is is always a good time. But uh, he has a new uh, Netflix special yeah, out.
2: His special just came out on Friday. It's called Secret Time, and uh, this is Bert's second special. And if you're if you own a Twitter account, uh, you definitely saw us. one of your favorite comedians tweeting about it this weekend. Um, it's absolutely hilarious highly recommend it every time bird is in the studio <laughs> he makes some kind of moment happen just because he's like
3: a he's whirling burnt.
2: dervish yeah he's an experience.
3: he he's, uh, yeah he's another guy would you describe sean casey as red bull
2: yeah human red Bull. human red bull yeah <laughs> that's pretty and much what what bird is
3: always has his shirt off at some point during <laughs> the visit <laughs> And likes to sing. Yeah, so this is not from Comedy Fest no. this year. This is from two visits ago with mm-hmm. Burt Kreischer. So uh, check out his Netflix special, uh, Here's Burt Kreischer from a Previous Visit here on DVE.
7: Did you see me <laughs> sing with Scott Stapp? Yes, I did. Yeah, I was so happy for you. Dream come oh. true, right? <laughs> oh, my God.
5: Can I tell you? It was amazing. As a comic, you only know um, comedy energy from a stage, like of like getting people to laugh. It's a really great energy. Um but you don't know rock star energy. So we go up to do the show. Scott's like, at the, back, the last minute, he goes, I think that I should open the song up. Because I was supposed to open the song up. I go, really? He goes, yeah. I think I think they want to hear me sing the opening lyrics. And then you come in after me. I was like, okay. And so we change it up. So he goes up, and he starts singing higher. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was on a show called The Comedy Jam on Comedy Central, where we sing with a... A, a band. I, I was in a band in college called Giving Out Spankins. I kicked out my guitarist. He formed the band Creed. So, <laughs> so
4: totally Scott's... normal story. Yeah, totally
5: normal story.
7: How about when he applied? Or he he's, he forms the Bible band uh, after having been in Giving Out Spankins. Giving Out Spankins.
5: <laughs> By the way, he he uh, still uh, does not admit that any of this happened. The Alter Bridge guy. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't know, Bert. I was never for any whatever, which is. Totally fine, but I, he was definitely in my fraternity. That's how I met him. So, yeah, oh, so he's trying name. to pretend like he never I don't know. I don't know. I look we all have our own dialogue we want to tell our fans, whatever.
7: Sure. Yeah, our own backstory. The yeah. own nar- our own narrative. Yeah. Yeah, you want yes. your own
5: narrative. So right. I don't I'm not gonna begrudge him. So but Scott Stapp ends up singing with me. So he gets up on stage and he starts playing higher. <laughs> and when dreamin' and I I'm standing next to him and I watch him melt faces. He's just like, and I'm like, yeah, and then, and then I come in, and as soon as I start singing, I hear this lady in the front row go, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, oh, I don't have that rock star energy. But what happened is, I got to catch up with him. I got to like meet his energy, and by the end, we're like, can you take me higher? Back to back, just jamming. It was one of the greatest. Oh, oh, now it's when we're drinking. <laughs> Come on, Bill. How bad you can't be? <laughs> you're talent, Bill. You're talent. You show up smelling like Jameson, that's because you're creative. Got to another world, time and time again. And this is me. Uh. This is you. At sunrise, I'm to stay asleep. Cause I don't want to leave the hunger comfort this place. Hold on. Just keep it playing. This is so That's good. That's I don't care. a hunger, a longing to escape. The life we live when I am away. <laughs> turn it up a little bit. So let's go there. Oh, I guess I can turn it up. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> turn turn, turn your headphones oh, up. Let's go Alright,
7: the the shirt's off uh,
5: (laughs) Can you take me higher (laughs) To a place where blind men see (laughs) Can you take me higher (laughs) I sound like him a little bit (laughs) To a place where the golden stream This is me Although I <laughs> Oh, such a hard <laughs> song to sing I didn't realize that I could turn it up My Yeah, you can just turn it up
7: there
2: Alright, so
5: now I'm drinking All right. Don't don't let it turn off Let's just let have a background
2: Did Oscar Scott Stapp seem normal when you Dude, met him?
5: He's amazing
2: Because he's, he's been amazing. in the news a little bit
5: <laughs> He's amazing You hit yourself in the face again with your mic? Yes Wow, how many <laughs> mushrooms did you do last night? <laughs> the, a lot Uh... Um, Scott Stapp was one of the coolest dudes I've ever hung out with. He was so grounded, so normal. Shut me, and up. Brewer, me and Jim Brewer uh, pulled him aside. So let's go there. <laughs> me and Jim Brewer were like, hey, we're going to get smoke pot and go to the store. You want to go? And Scott Stapp looked at us and smiled and he goes, no. Nah, and walked out. By the way, he didn't know who Jim Brewer was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was like, I was like, hey, Scott, this is my buddy Jim. And he was like, hi, nice to meet you. And, I was, and Jim's like, it's great meeting you. And he was like, good. Are you a comedian? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, cool. And I was like, hey, we're going to go smoke pot and go to the store. And he was like, I'm good. And walked out. Dude, so grounded, so cool, such a good place. And then he just
7: ascended. He walked away. And then, like, highway to heaven went up in the sky.
5: Yeah, this is the best part of the song, by the way. (laughs) You want to go there? I want to go there. (laughs)
4: Let's
5: go there. Two go there is... So, let's go there. For a shirt. What are we going to do? Let's ask, can we stay? By the way, the, if you're singing this song, this is the best part. This is the best part of the song. And then, here we go. Are we going to break soon? Yeah. Okay, let, give me a second. Give me a second. This is the best part. Set up high. high, I feel like I'm alive for the very And fish Randy. <laughs> Look
7: I I think it's a great song. Bring it back, Mark!
5: Oh, man. All
7: right, this,
4: we'll
6: could break.
7: Been, this could have been giving out spankings. Dude, I would have
5: gotten these guitar riffs and I would have written lyrics to them. Yeah, except would you wouldn't have, been, would have like, been talking about Jesus I would have been and, like, I, Who likes flip flops? <laughs> flip flopping
3: through campus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Ugh>.
3: <laughs> it's a DV morning show, Burt Kreischer. And yes, you heard his shirt was off. during that performance.
2: Oh, I love Bert.
3: It's a DV morning show.
1: Mariota takes a snap, looks right, nothing there. Now he's chased out of the pocket, running left. He's being uh, harassed, and the pass (laughs) is
3: intercepted. Terrell
5: Edmonds, he's going to run it back. He's at the 50, the 45, the 40, the 35, the 30, and down to the 25-yard line.
3: The rookie out
5: of Virginia Tech, a spectacular (laughs) defensive gem.
3: Yeah, nice pick by him on Saturday. Awesome. Hopefully we see a lot more of that uh, as we go through this season. Uh, Steelers' third game of the preseason this past Saturday. Final one will be this Thursday. Mike Pursuta has sports coming up next. It's the DVE Morning Show. dot com.
5: DVE Sports.
3: I'm Mike Pursuta for
1: DVE Sports, brought to this hour by Citizens Bank. It was a tough weekend for the Pirates in Milwaukee. They lost 7-6 to in 15 innings on Friday night when relief pitcher Clay Holmes melted down after facing a two-on, two-out situation with a two-run lead. The Pirates have tied that game in the top of the ninth on a Starling Marte single, but they collapsed in the 15th. Saturday was better. Jamison Tyone dominated. The bats got going, and they won 9-1. to But yesterday... Uh, maybe the most uh, disappointing development of all, because uh, Chris Archer continued to disappoint in his tenure as a Pirates starter. He went just uh, four innings yesterday, gave up six runs, all of them earned. His ERA through five Pirates starts is six point four five. Bucks lose to the Brewers seven to four. They are hey. they are sixty seven excuse me, 64 and 67. They're 13 out in the division and eight and a half out in the wild card chase, so it's wait till next year time. You know, failing another one of those 11-game winning
2: streaks. There's, there's still enough time that 11 in a row would get them back in it. But It's got to be so tough for ball clubs at this point in the season where you know you're just Done. facing a ridiculous cliff face that you can't really scale your way up. It like, is- how do you not... Give up all hope. Well,
1: it's called being a professional. and You're yeah. getting paid to play, and you're supposed to play to the best of your ability every night. And for a lot of these guys, they have to establish the rest of the way that uh, the optimism that they've generated is legit. And they're going to be part of the program going forward. Or that they deserve uh, a continued look. You know, uh, Some guys are playing for jobs, and some guys are playing to secure their positions.
2: Um, I don't think Archer's either one of those, though. I no, think that they, just, they, they know what they have with him. and They think they do. They just haven't seen it yet. Yeah.
1: Some of it's fallen into place, though, and uh, it, it continues sure. to. Uh, not enough uh, to make a difference this year, but uh, more games to play starting Tuesday night in St. Louis. The Bucks are off today, and then it'll be Yvonne Nova against Jack Flaherty. Tuesday night, Bucks and the Cards. Steelers coming off a 16-6 preseason victory over Tennessee. Uh, It was uh, a reassuring performance uh, on a lot of levels. Uh, The Steelers did not look good in getting lit up in Green Bay a week ago Thursday, but the defense showed up. You saw just enough out of the first-team offense, and some of the rookies uh, continued to make a case that uh, they belong on this team, running back Jalen Samuels. The fifth-round pick out of NC State among those guys. Mike Tomlin talked afterward about not just Samuels, but uh, all the rookies who are trying to get there and about how now is not the time to take the foot off the gas as the end of the preseason approaches.
4: He He's growing like a lot of young guys should, and uh, you know he's probably one of the ones I'm talking about when I'm encouraging guys to lean in. Um, it's been a hard fight. It's been a tiresome fight at times for young players, um, but I don't want to see, see anybody let up. Um, As the road gets narrow, we need to have the type of guys that display the grit, um, that can lean in um, and fight to the finish, and uh, he'll be given an opportunity to do that. Yeah, he got an opportunity uh, against Tennessee
1: as well, and he made the most of it. 11 carries for 41 yards and four catches for 36 yards. Samuel's best play didn't count. It was a 17-yard catch-and-run touchdown for Mason Rudolph that got wiped off the board because of a holding penalty against wide receiver Marcus Tucker. But
2: That drew some that drew some booze. Yeah.
1: I don't know if that was mm-hmm. Booze like stupid play or that wasn't yeah. a hold. Uh didn't get a good look at it. Samuel said he didn't get a good look at it, but he didn't really care. It still happened, right? It's still on tape and he still knows what he did.
4: Yeah, I mean, I felt good after that play. You know, I mean, it was a great play by me. Uh, I made maybe two two guys miss, and then dove into the end zone. I mean, unfortunately, it was a holding call. You know, it came back and didn't count. But you know, just it happens. It's football. You just got to move on to the next play.
2: Kid's not lacking confidence, is he? That was a great play by me. I must say. <laughs> you know what? It was.
1: It, it's what tremendous. So you heard about this guy? He can catch the ball out of the backfield and he's dangerous in space. He can make plays with the ball in his hands. You give him a chance and he can turn it into something for you. Uh,
2: we, I noticed him heavy duty. Like We were sitting there watching the game, and I said, wow, they're really giving Samuels a hard look here, and, and he didn't disappoint.
1: They wanted to see uh, his state of readiness, I'm suspecting. We saw him catch the ball in OTAs and all the offseason stuff. Uh, his His skills mm-hmm. doing football things have been evident. His conditioning has not been what it's going to need to be to be in the NFL. And it's not to suggest he's been lazy or, uh, you know, he doesn't pay attention to working out, but it's a hard thing for some guys. They think they're in shape, and then they get out there with NFL guys and they find out, no, I'm not in shape. Uh, And, you know, it takes a while to fix that, but uh, Jalen Samuels is getting it fixed.
4: It's definitely getting better, you know what I mean? Uh, Getting touches back to back and back, I mean, that's tiring, but, you know, just got to suck it up and just know that, you know, you don't only back in on that drive, so you better stay in.
1: Yeah, he's talking about the first drive of the third quarter. He got seven straight touches, either running or uh, Rudolph throwing it to him, and he wound up uh, touching the ball nine times on what became a 12-play drive for a field goal. That included that 17-yard play that got called back. But uh, he he was getting it and delivering and holding up physically and doing the things he was supposed to do. He also said that he was one-for-one on blitz pickups, so uh, that's an important element of it as well. Uh, Jalen Samuels, not a guy who necessarily announced his presence with authority after being drafted on the fifth round, but he's starting to state a case.
4: It started off slow. started off slow, but it's starting to increase now. You know, getting more reps, getting more touches. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just going to keep improving every week. I just come to work every day, you know i don 't think about you know the future what 's going to happen, you know I just take one day at a time and just focus on that one day, and then you know whatever happens at the end happens you know i 'm just blessed to have this opportunity you know to play with these guys for these four preseason games and then we 'll see what happens after that
2: Try to be humble and just focus on the amazing player that I am
1: well you know I think you 've heard Mike Tomlin many times talk about what happens in stadiums with the lights on matters, and they needed to see that. I think from this kid before the preseason ended. Probably needed to see it before Thursday night. Yep. Because I'm not sure you're going to put a whole lot of stock in anything that happens Thursday night. Maybe if you know if Quadre Henderson takes two punts back for touchdowns or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's going to be attention getting. <laughs> but uh, failing something that spectacular, uh, I think Jalen Samuels made the team Thursday night.
2: That's awesome. So we shall. Yeah, see. I like that kid a we lot. We shall
1: see another guy that you can uh, get the ball to and uh, see what he can do with it. Steelers finish the preseason Thursday night against Carolina. That sound you'll hear as soon as the clock strikes double zero will be me screaming with joy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! It's over!
2: Then we start to count down to Cleveland. Uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait for Cleveland.
3: That'll be a good opener.
2: I mean, just watching Hard Knocks leading up to it is intensifying the experience. It's made a difference, hasn't it? Yeah. Has it, that's never happened before, right? That the Hard Knocks team has been
1: the Steelers opening game? I don't think so. I don't recall that. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've been scouting the Browns all along here. And,
3: and they're it, getting high praise, oh, right? Yeah,
1: they are. They're
2: getting a lot of money bet on them. Yeah, I mean, like
3: could this, we keep
2: saying this. Eventually, they're going to be good one year.
3: Could this all be good editing? Yes. <laughs> as they often they do have with of end talent. reality yeah. Yeah. shows.
1: Well, I think there's been some stuff in those Hard Knocks episodes as well that makes you go, wow, that ain't right. No, that shouldn't be happening. I, I don't think it's been a, a perfect, um, you know, here's how good Cleveland is now type of deal. But you see – No, the
2: first episode was a disaster.
1: They're getting some people, Todd Haley being one of them, that have been on winning teams, either players or coaches, and they're like, hey, this – this has got to change. This is wrong. We've we got to start doing things this way, not the way you've been doing them. And uh, it, to Bill's point, they're going to beat somebody sometime.
3: Well, a Sunday 1 o'clock game to kick off the Steelers season against Cleveland, that's that's pretty perfect. Yes, it is. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we're going to talk with Rob King. He'll be on the show at 8.15. We'll get his thoughts on the Steelers in the – No it's 8
1: 15 oh we changed it the sheet's yeah. wrong
3: yeah
1: <laughs> okay sheet is wrong
3: so rob king at 8 15 it's a dve morning show it's a dve morning show i'm val porter with bill crawford it is back to school time
2: that's right val preseason parents- is over regular season starts now
3: <laughs> parents
2: are relieved
3: <laughs> delighted
2: can't drop them off quick enough. <laughs> it's like Ray Leo to dropping off Karen after that one date where he just leaves her at the door and turns Earth. around. Um, yeah, now we're going to see what they can do in stadiums. Uh, hopefully uh,
3: <laughs> so what grade, Kennedy
2: and Emma lean in.
3: Yeah, what grades are your, your kids in now?
2: Uh, Kennedy is in fifth grade, oh my if you can God. believe that. And Emma is in second grade.
3: That's So they're which full is just on crazy. into it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, and you know, we did all the the preseason type stuff where we went out and got all school. the new clothes. So we went. We always go down to like the Tanger Outlets, and is it the Tanger Outlets yes. or is it the Tangiers? <laughs> I don't know if I've just seen casino too many times. I time. think that's it. Okay, so we went down there. We got you know new clothes, and uh, and my mom got them some new shoes, and and uh, always have to have a new pair of shoes. Yeah, um, when you start school. You can't roll up with those dusty camp shoes.
3: Well, you've probably grown also. That's right. So you can't jam your toes in there.
2: And even though we're out in the South Hills now in a a good school district and we're not um, going to a ratty uh, school, (laughs) I still have them lay their outfits out like I used to do before every night or before Kennywood. Right. And uh, last night I had their outfits laid out for them and all ready to go. Were
3: they excited?
2: Oh, yeah. They're pumped, but I was trying to tell them that like this year for both of them, it's there's different things that I was trying to stress to them. Like I left them little things this morning and I left uh, them both little cards and I had a note like to Kennedy, like fifth grade, like you're at the top of the heap now. Yeah. You're the oldest group in there. You know, be kind to the younger kids. They're looking up to you. Yeah. And you know, for Emma, it's sort of like now you really get to dig in and 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 learn you're not a rookie anymore no can't have a sophomore slump we can't have that (laughs) you learn how to read last year this year you know you're going to take off in that department and really sort of uh learn so much but i just this is always exciting for me like it's the new year oh yeah new
3: New beginnings right new beginnings what's gonna happen right it amazes me that a, a lot of kids kindergartners go a full day Really? Like, yeah, that's not, a Yeah, not lot. out here. They,
2: they only go half day, but yeah.
3: That's a lot for a I know. five-year-old.
2: I know. Because you have to figure at some point, they just tune out completely.
3: You should. They should do like half a year, half a day, and yeah. then the rest of the year, a full day.
2: Right. Because kindergarteners typically can't even pay attention for a whole movie <laughs> Right. that they want to see. Yeah. Then you start trying to talk to them about like colors and letters in the alphabet and they're like get out of here dude! I'm eating goldfish crackers and tuning you out (laughs) and crayons I don't care (laughs) yeah I'm eating this paste (laughs) this tastes pretty good no but it's 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 an awesome time of year I'm always like excited and I find myself being too overly excited because last year they kind of they they broke my heart a little bit where they like one day like I was just standing out there in the courtyard waiting for them to pick you know to pick, them up a, at a school. pick up yeah and they were like dad um can you park like two blocks away and then we'll walk to you and i was like what you uh, all, right, all right fine so then you're getting that treatment already yeah so then yesterday i was like girls can i come up into the courtyard again they were like yeah dad you can come in for the first couple of days and i was like all right and we, were, we were just went for a walk last night and uh, was just asking them, you know, what are they excited about? And just kind of picking their brain because this is like a a magic time. I don't know if you remember being in second grade or fifth grade. Yeah, it was terrifying. I can't remember well.
3: Was it? I was a huge dork.
2: Did you have-
3: Bigger than in high school.
2: <laughs> did you have a first day outfit or did you not care?
3: Uh, I don't remember.
2: Was uh, it like a hand-me-down from your brothers?
3: Probably, Nice Tarzan shirt. Yeah, Sergeant um, Slaughter. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember laying out the outfit for the first day. No,
2: not a lot of people did that outside the city. That's school picture.
3: School picture day, though, that was awful. Oh
2: yeah, that's a big deal.
3: I, I, yeah, I I wish I could find my school pictures.
2: What's what? Who took the picture of you next to the horse?
3: Oh, that was at that was, at that horse was, that <laughs> <laughs> was <laughs> a horse camp. That was a candid shot. That was, was not a first
2: day of a horse camp.
3: I uh, could have been was well,
2: that your first day horse camp outfit uh, that
3: was, yes <laughs>
2: that picture is <laughs> amazing nobody has a picture as good as that as far it as I'm concerned
3: it is pretty I just watched Napoleon Dynamite again the other day <laughs> I'm
2: gonna ride this horse
3: God <laughs> Nugget come and eat your dinner
2: <laughs> Tessa take some of this quesadilla Tina God. Or, well, yeah Tina's Tina. the llama Sorry, or alpaca, I haven't whatever it is. I've seen it in a while,
3: so, so that's yeah, good. Be back
2: to school for everybody now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids went back super Last early. Week. It, it feels like the summer just went by in a flash. It did. A Saturday flash flood. is September. That's insane. So good now luck. Now we see what can happen. Good luck, Kennedy and I've, Emma.
3: Yeah, I feel like I'm making the speech like uh, the the principal on Greece. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Students, hope
2: you had a good summer,
3: Sandy. <laughs> Rob King going to join us at eight fifteen. Uh, we'll talk uh, with him about the Steelers and uh, how things looked on Saturday, and what to possibly exa- uh, exa- expect for the season as we move forward. It's a DVE morning show. Central 11. Another gross couple of days. It's 74 now at DVEM Val Porter. Inbound and outbound light rail traffic is flowing through Station Square after that freight train derailment disrupted service earlier this month. After the outbound tracks were open last Thursday, the Port Authority said the inbound tracks were open Saturday. The authority has been using a dormant line to provide service while Station Square was closed thousands, of feet of tracks, electrical cable, and other equipment had to be replaced after that crash. Pope Francis says he will not respond to claims that he covered up sex abuse allegations in the Catholic Church. Francis told reporters yesterday on board the papal plane that explosive accusations from former top Vatican official Archbishop Cardinal Maria Carlo Maria Vignano. Uh, Speak for themselves, Francis urged the reporters to read the document carefully and come to their own conclusions about its credibility. In an 11-page document, the former official urges Francis to resign for allegedly covering up the abuses committed by former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick of Washington, D.C. McCarrick was stripped of his title and resigned last month.
2: Yeah, the, the, this scandal has gone so crazy, like Pope Yenzer was at the tailgate yesterday, and I usually have him come up and do a prayer, and I was like, you sure you want to do this right now? <laughs> yeah. You might want to lay low for a little bit.
3: Right, yeah. Uh, new movement looking to get people to be nice to one another in the name of slain Iowa College student Molly Tibbetts. The Molly movement has spread around social media as people are encouraged to shower others with random acts of kindness. They involve giving people kindness cards and they are available on the Molly movement Facebook page. Police in Washington state were investigating what appeared to be a brazen kidnapping until they learned it was actually a family's sick joke. State troopers got a call Wednesday night about a possible kidnapping. Witnesses reported seeing six men in white jumpsuits grabbing three people off the street, zip-tying their arms and throwing them in the back of a truck. Police shared surveillance footage of the truck and asked the public for help in identifying the kidnappers. But about 10 hours into the investigation, police received a call from someone saying the kidnapping was actually a prank involving members of a family. The joke had been planned for about three weeks and was described as an escape room-style kidnapping. The targets of the joke were 11 and 15-year-olds. Dumb. Family said they thought it would be funny and never thought about the consequences. Police are not amused and are now weighing charges against the family.
2: Dumb and also unoriginal. I don't know if you remember Jackass back in the day, but they definitely did that prank.
3: Yeah, this might be where they got the idea.
2: They would pull into a gas station... And they'd be like filling up and then Johnny Knoxville or somebody would like bust out of the trunk, duct tape mouth, like bound in his underwear and just run out, (laughs) run out of the parking lot. And then whoever was filling their gas would hurry up, get in the car and just take (laughs) off just to be like a brain F for whoever was there in the parking lot. Like, what
3: did I just see? (laughs) Yeah, not a good idea. No. And they probably should face charges. Uh, Guitarist Dickie Betts, a founding member of the Allman Brothers band, suffered a minor stroke and has postponed the next three shows on his tour. A statement from his office says he recently experienced what his doctors called a mild stroke. Last Thursday, he was strongly advised to give himself more time to recuperate. Doctors have assured Betts that after about three to five weeks of physical rehab on his right arm and hand, he'll be about 100% recovered and can resume touring. His manager says that Dickie really regrets he can't be there for his fans, but he has to take care of his health first. Bets uh, resume touring this year after a three-year hiatus. I was
2: actually surprised that he was even on this tour. Like yeah, I, like Randy and I were talking about it, and I was like, "Is this good, is this going to be a good
3: thing?" And he's like, "No, yeah, he can't play anymore." Yeah, so we'll see if he recovers and uh, gets back out on the road. Certainly hope for a speedy recovery for him, though. Prince's family suing the doctor who prescribed pain pills for the late Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. The lawsuit alleges Dr. Michael Schellenberg and other defendants had the opportunity to diagnose Prince's opioid addiction weeks before his death. The lawsuit seeks unspecified damages in excess of $50,000 died of an accidental overdose of fentanyl on april 21st 2016 uh, warm and humid uh gonna be gross for the next Yuck. few days uh, rain possible temperatures around 90 for the high today it's 74 at dve i'm val porter uh we're gonna be joined by rob king coming up uh he'll talk steelers uh he is part of the steelers pregame show here on dve so that's on the way it's a dve morning show <sighs> It's the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuit, Randy Off today. Joining us now, Rob King from AT&T Sportsnet and also part of the DVE Steelers pregame. Thanks for joining us this morning, Rob. Thanks for having me on, Val. Yeah, some uh, nice plays by the defense on uh, Saturday.
6: Yeah, I thought they really looked good. I thought that was a big test for them. You know, I think that a lot of people were nervous after the Green Bay game. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but uh, they I thought they looked as good as you can look against... Uh, now, you know, Mariota missed the pass early on in the first drive, but that happens sometimes, and I thought really the rest of the way the Steelers' defense was just dominant.
1: Yeah, he did, and that was a touchdown, right? He just underthrew it. Yeah. It was a blown yeah. coverage. Oh, my God, he and, was wide open. Um, that's but, kind of been the Achilles heel of this defense, right? They looked good for a while, and then all of a sudden they give up a 55-yard play. Yeah,
6: and it's... Running, Mike, I agree with you that that has been an issue in the past, and they need to get those communication issues. And they've talked about it in camp. You've got some new guys, you know, a few of them, but those are things that need to be cleaned up. Because if you're playing, you know, Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game, that's a touchdown.
1: <laughs> if you play right? Tom I mean, that's, Brady that's, that's, in yeah. November in Heinz Field, it's a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what do you look for anything besides everybody staying healthy out of Thursday night? Or was that that was that the example of what they can be offensively and defensively at least the, the best one we're going to see this preseason?
6: Yeah, I, li- I mean, maybe on Bell's not in there, Mike, and that is a huge, makes a huge, no way, huge difference on the offense. I, I don't think anyone's too concerned about the offense. I'm certainly not. I like the way James Washington has looked. I think they've got have to get – you know, they want to get more tight end play and more tight end usage. You have to get Vance McDonald healthy for that to happen. So that's going to be a big issue heading in. When is Les Bell going to report all that? That's going to be a big issue heading in. Um, as far as Thursday night is concerned, no, maybe just a couple of guys, probably a couple of guys in the linebacking core, maybe somebody in the secondary. Um, I don't know if there's much many position battles left. I think a lot of them, to me, if they're – if there were any, a lot of them were, were sort of resolved um, against Tennessee. Now, maybe there's one more wide receiver spot. We'll see. But, you know, there's maybe a couple of guys that have one last chance. And then I'm looking forward to Josh Dobbs. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what his future is with the Steelers. I mean, they've got three quarterbacks ahead of him. But I think he's shown pretty well in the preseason. They did spend a fourth-round pick on him a year ago. So that this might be his opportunity to show other teams around the league that he can be a capable guy for you know. It looks to me like maybe another team right now.
2: Rob, do you think Jalen Samuels or Justin Hunter leaned in enough to uh, to have made the team uh, in the preseason yeah. game on Saturday? or Are they going to still need to do something coming up on Thursday night?
6: Those are two guys I was thinking about, Bill. Really, when you talk about and look, Stephen Ridley. Um, you know, I mean, that's an awfully nice security blanket if you think he's ahead of Fitz Tucson. But I just like what Jalen Samuels can do, and I think. That if you look into the future, you could see a one-two punch of James Conner and Jalen Samuels and maybe feel better about it than you did, say, at the beginning of camp, that maybe the replacement for bell, if in fact you need one, already um, resides on your team. So I think that Jalen Samuels, um, I don't know, I'd like to think that he did enough, um, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about it from his perspective. I, I thought he showed awfully well, and, you know... Uh, Hunter's a guy that has looked great in camp and has not been able to carry that over to the game, so maybe the fact that he was able to carry it over um, and you know, had that touchdown pass and looked pretty good, maybe that's going to help his chances, too.
1: Rob, uh, switching gears to the Buccos, uh, the Chris Archer saga is curious and disappointing. Uh, I still believe in this kid long-term, but uh, what is not happening with him so far in Pittsburgh?
6: Boy, that is a great question, Mike, and I don't know, because you look at the stuff. Um, I mean, you know, here's a fastball that can reach, you know, mid-90s up to 97 miles an hour. Um, he's got a nasty slider, one of the best in all of baseball, and he's just been really hittable. I, I think that they're working through some things with him. They're trying to get him to incorporate a sinker, which I think is a good idea, because his stuff – you know, he needs something that moves away from lefties and into righties. Right now he's just got that slider and a fastball that's relatively true that hops up a little bit. He either needs, in my opinion, something that, you know, whether it's a slow curveball or a changeup, I know they've been trying to work with him with a changeup too, something that keeps um, batter's timing off. Um, you know, now, he, didn't, he did throw a sinker earlier in his career. I talked to him about it uh, last week, he said he had success with it. So it's a pitch he feels comfortable with. And I think it's gonna, he's going to need something, you know, a third pitch, maybe even a fourth pitch, moving forward. But like you, Mike, I'm bullish on where he's going to be, and I'm I'm really bullish on the Pirates' pitching staff.
4: I mean, you, know, you look
6: at those back five guys in that rotation. I'm including Rich Rodriguez in there because I think he mm-hmm. looked really good. But certainly the last four are really talented, and I think the top. You know, the top four guys in Nova and you still have Cool and other guys, I think the rotation's gonna be really good. So it you know, the, it, it hasn't you'd like you'd like, you know, Archer to have come in here and just made a huge statement and been unbelievable. That's not gonna happen. But I'm with you. I think the talent is there and I, I don't see any reason he can't jump back and he's a bright, competitive guy. I don't see any which fits in with the rest of the, the staff, by the way. I don't see any reason why he can't, you know, reemerge as a, a real top flight pitcher.
1: And uh, do you see Frazier stating a case to be a regular next year, if if not the rest of this year?
6: Yeah, I do. Now the question is, can he be good enough defensively to play at second base? That was a question I asked the Pirates in spring training, and they they swore that if he got enough time there, this is a guy that has bounced all over the diamond. He was drafted as a shortstop. That was not going to be his eventual position, and he really hasn't had a chance to settle in anywhere in the minor leagues. And I think people kind of forget about that and forget how hard it is to just suddenly start playing second base and be good at it. Um, you know, he's, I think that's the position for him. Um, you know, he does not he's not going to beat out anybody on a regular basis in that outfield. Um, I don't know if he can play on the left side of the diamond, so second base has got to be it. And, you know, he's a good athlete, um, but he's a guy that, you know, you're going to have to probably go through some growing pains with him defensively, but offensively he really – does look like that prototypical leadoff hitter. He had his chance this year, and it didn't work out for him. But you know that's not uncommon either. So yes, I I do believe that he looks like a guy who can really be a spark plug at the top of the lineup. The question with him is always going to be until he proves it: can you put him out there defensively? You know, five six days a week.
1: And uh, one more for you, Rob. Uh, let let's for the sake of argument assume that uh, Harrison. Cervelli, Rodriguez, some of the more expensive guys by Pirate standards are not mm-hmm. going to be there next year. What do you go shopping for in the off season?
6: Boy, isn't that the question? I've been thinking about that a lot, Mike. I think you know, um, you know, there are little pieces you can certainly add. Uh, you know, a lefty reliever. You know, maybe some more bench help, that kind of thing. Um, And look, I still haven't completely, and I may be crazy, but I still haven't completely given up on Jung Ho Gong, who I think is going to be back here in September. Um, He's he's got a chance to get some at bats, whether they're the minor league level or the major league level. But, you know, a guy who could potentially play shortstop for you and potentially hit,
4: you know, 25
6: home runs, that to me is what the, you know, that's kind of what the Pirates need. They need to me, they've got so many, you know, solid players. They don't have that one guy, I don't think. Um, now, could Polanco or Bell be that guy? I think they could be, but they haven't been yet. Um, so I think that's what they need, a, a guy that can really be a producer in the middle of the lineup. And I i mean, again, I may be crazy, but I'm not, I'm not completely writing off Zhang Ho Gong as potentially being that guy.
1: You're right, Kinger. You may be. <laughs> 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 no, that's, that's great stuff. I'll tell you what I'd do is I would sign Echeverria, and I know he's going to be expensive. But if you're going to build around pitching, I think that guy can really pick it at shortstop. He's a credible hitter, and I, I think that would be a real way to support your front end and back end pitching by having that magic glove out there.
6: Yeah, I I I don't disagree with that. I think that you know the Pirates have been able to win with pitching and. You know, it's really suspect defense when they were going to the playoffs. Now, a lot of that was Pedro Alvarez committing a lot of errors at third, but it wasn't just Pedro around the diamond. They were just, you know, okay defensively as far, you know, when you look at errors and fielding percentage and that kind of thing. I don't disagree with you, Mike. And they they've got some wonderful guys with the glove coming up through the system. You know, Charlie Hayes kid, Brian Hayes, um, you know, Cole Tucker. Um, They've got some guys who can pick it. But in the meantime, I. I don't disagree. I think there's a couple different ways they can go. I think you can think, hey, let's let's go pitching and defense and maybe speed and, and try to be a little different and win and win games that way. Or you know more conventionally, can we get a big bat in that lineup? I agree. I don't I don't think they're far away, Mike. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see how they attack it.
3: Rob King from AT&T Sportsnet and also part of the DVE Steelers pregame, which begins this Thursday at 3.30 and then kickoff 7.30 Steelers against the Panthers for the final preseason game. Rob, thanks for joining us this morning.
6: Val, Bill, Mike. Thanks very much,
3: guys. All right, Mike, pursue up next all. with a deeper look at last Saturday's game. It's a DVE morning show.
5: DVE Sports.
1: I'm Mike Pursuit of Fort dv Esports. As uh, Valerie mentioned, we're going to go a little deeper into that 16-6 to Steelers victory over the Titans on Saturday afternoon at Heinz Field. That was the game where a lot of the regulars who hadn't been playing were scheduled to play. the Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Ponce, Cam Hayward. The big guys. Guys of that ilk. And Mike Tomlin said he wanted to see them play varsity ball. And I think, uh, to varying degrees, they all did. The mm-hmm. The thing functioned as you would hope it might. Uh, Can they be a lot better than that? Sure, but that was a big step up from what everybody had put on tape in Green Bay a week ago Thursday. Although the game was not all about the veterans. We talked last hour in depth about Jalen Samuels, the fifth-round pick out of NC State. Now he looked like a running back that you could find some use for and a guy who might be a keeper. Uh, On the other side of the ball, Matthew Thomas, linebacker, undrafted out of Florida State heard his name quite a bit 63 230 he's got the physical skill set for some reason was not drafted but he's looked all along since coming here as a as an undrafted rookie as a as a guy who intrigues he hasn't made a ton of splash place he hasn't been wowing everybody oh my god did you see what thomas did there but he's
3: got something
1: yeah you keep noticing him around the ball and you keep looking at him run and you keep thinking boy this guy's got something you know don't Don't sleep on him yet. I'll write him off. And we're almost at the end now, so if it's not time to write him off yet, it must be time to write him in, right? (laughs) Put him on the roster. (laughs) That's right. Uh, (laughs) A a subtle adjustment Mm -hmm. they made against the Titans. Uh, Anthony Ciccolo was starting for T.J. Watt, who's still out with the hamstring. But there were a handful of snaps where they had a specialty defense, and they took Ciccolo out and put Matthew Thomas in. And Thomas would play... An inside linebacker position, and Vince Williams would move up kind of on the outside. They would give a 4-3 look, but uh, Vince Williams doing more rushing in that situation, which he does very well. And uh, to me, it was a significant acknowledgement that uh, they're at least trying to find ways to get Matthew Thomas on the field. And if they're doing that, they must think you have something. Or at least they're giving him a real good look. And uh, he thought, Thomas thought it was a big deal. Uh, talked to a couple other defensive players about it. Stefan Tewitt. Thought it was a big deal as well. Uh, Thomas ended up making seven tackles, four Ooh. solo, three assists. He also had a tackle and an assist on special teams, which for a guy like that can mean everything because you've got to be able to play teams if you're not starting. Yep. Uh, and I mentioned that physical skill set, uh, 6'3", 230, and he can run. Stefan Tuitt among those who have been impressed by Matthew Thomas.
5: No, he has tremendous skills, and the kid is a freak, so uh, you know, I'm glad that he's on our team.
1: What does he do freakish?
5: He can run fast, <laughs> and uh, especially, that's what he can do. He can run fast, and that's all that matters. <laughs>
1: he's a freak. <laughs> that's a freak. Identifying another freak. The freak should know, right? That's right. Stefan It Takes one to know one. Stefan Tuitts, a big guy who runs freakishly fast for a guy of his size. He knows what you can do with that. Uh, we also saw Tuit showing up, speaking of the veterans playing varsity ball. Tewitt had uh, a couple tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. It was uh, 180 degrees from Green Bay when you saw him get his hands on Brett Hundley, but he didn't finish the sack, and Hundley ended up running the ball into the end zone on a 10-yard scramble. It was uh, the direct opposite this time. Burn. It's good to get
4: them down, you know, but um, week in and week out, I was just always working on myself to get better. And uh, this wasn't a surprise to me that I had a game like this today. It's just constantly getting better week in and week out.
1: To a degree, has your preseason been just about getting through it? Don't, no. Don't be a hero, don't get hurt.
4: It's not about just getting through it. You never want to be in that position. You just want to be able to do whatever you
5: do as a player do that that help you with your process to become a better player and uh, that's what I've been focusing on and doing the things that I'm weak at to become a better stronger player.
1: I gotta tell you he's looked to me like a guy who was coasting through it he says he's not been but you know he got hurt on the second play last year hurt all year kind of understandable he knows what he can do he just want to get through these games that don't count and be ready for September yeah he says that has not been the case but it was nice to see him whether it has or hasn't. It was nice
2: to see him look like Stephon it Saturday. He put a spin move on display, and I don't know if he got to the quarterback or not, but it was ridiculous. It was floating around on Twitter yesterday. I saw a couple videos of it. Uh, that guy's a monster. Yeah,
1: and they got a couple of them. To it, and Hayward can be all pro-caliber monsters up front, and if those guys are that, that's where it'll start on defense. And they have a chance to be a lot better than they were against Jacksonville in January. They will need to be that.
2: Is Hargrave hurt, Mike? No, McCullers was uh, nursing an injury. Okay, well, because I just haven't heard boo about Jay Wobble this this
1: season. I've not heard boo about Jay Wobble. We got to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> no, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Okay. Um, because yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty significant interior line. Yeah, and they those guys got pushed around by the Jaguars and you saw what happened when when they're calling the shots then it looks like it did against Tennessee which is not a terrible team by any stretch and uh, yeah.
2: Mariota and Derrick Henry are legit guys and they and Vrabel said, you know, in the post-game interview, he said, look, we had to come out here and win those battles. We we had to run the ball against them, and we had to move them back, and we just didn't do that tonight. We got our asses handed to us.
1: Yeah, so that, that was the encouraging part of uh, 16-6 over the Titans. Pit head coach Pat Narduzzi made a significant splash on Friday at the uh, annual kickoff luncheon, according to multiple reports. Uh, Narduzzi uh, introduced his captains, and then he addressed the fans in attendance and said, quote, next time we'll see you is in Charlotte for the ACC championship game because we're going. Now, a couple things about this. He said later it was not a guarantee. It was if you say we're going. Is he familiar with guarantees? It is a guarantee. (laughs) Uh, Guarantees such as this are not something coaches issue very often. There's uh, a reason for that. Because they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of shit. That's all it is, isn't it? Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark
6: it guaranteed, I will. I got spare time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tom
1: is Classic sold.
3: from Tommy Boy.
1: Now that's, uh, you know, Narduzzi issuing a guarantee to go to the championship game. Pitt was 5-7 and seven last year. Lost to 4-8 and eight Syracuse and 3-9 and nine North Carolina. Ooh, so that's hey. uh, it's a bit of a bold statement to say you're going to go from that... To the championship game. But uh, Pat Narduzzi has not, uh, let's just say, making uh, guarantees has not been totally out of character previously. Recall last November, Pitt's playing number two Miami at Hinesfield. Pitt is leading 10 to 7. The third quarter is getting ready to start. And uh, Narduzzi had this to say uh, during a sideline interview with ESPN.
0: It happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two, it happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh
1: today. And Pitt went on to win that game 24-14, to the uh, signature win in that 5-7 and seven season. So. Well, how about that? Maybe a little more bravado from the head coach is what they need, guys.
3: We'll find out.
1: What's it hurt unless you lose? Uh, everything. And if you lose, then it doesn't matter anyway, right?
3: <sighs> then next year everybody goes, hey, remember that guarantee you made <laughs> last year? That
2: was not a guarantee. Okay, fine. I don't know what guarantees are, guys. You do have to pick your spots, but... You know, to rally the troops
1: a little bit and uh, get everybody thinking big. I got no problem with that. Sure.
3: Thanks, Mike. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk about the one because they
1: know all they sold you was a guaranteed
6: piece.
3: That's all. (laughs) Sorry. Let's talk at the top of the hour about uh, what really makes us happy. It's a DVE morning show. The NFL. Making
7: history this season. <laughs> the Rams and the Saints are going to have male cheerleaders dancing on their squads for the first time.
2: Well, this will go great with the drunk fat people. <laughs> All the open-minded drunk NFL oh, fans yeah. are going to be completely okay with this. You know, it, you know what's crazy is when I first read this article, I'm thinking like, okay, this has got to be... Like a step it up, like step up.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. This is a dance True, That's exactly what I thought. And then I saw the interview and And I was like, oh
7: no. Nope. I thought it was going to be like dudes doing like wicked, like parkour, like kind of moves and flipping over
2: stuff. Right. And that's, it's not that at all. It's they're, you know, trying to do the twirly bird. They are doing the exact same moves as the cheerleaders. Oh yeah. Give me some pom-poms. Um, look, I don't care about I love th- th- the pom This doesn't
7: bother me one way or the other, but I know no.
2: it's going to –
7: What will bother me is hearing people talk about it. It's going to be so bad.
2: Will people talk about – like, this is not – this is definitely, like, uh, oh, an are you L.A. Kidding me? kind of thing. Like
7: well, there's... In New Orleans, they don't care either. Right. But I just like that, like, in a year in which the NFL is trying to quell – all of the tumult and the, the the tempest that that occurred as a result of the anthem debacle over yeah. the last year and they're like all right look 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 we need to calm things down with this part of the fan base nope. male dancers all right let's get some male now dancers gonna
2: in now we're going to get there. on two knees during the anthem <laughs>
3: true It's 76 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Some big shot Wall Street analysts say that the legal marijuana industry could be worth $47 billion within the next decade, growing at a 17% clip each year. There's obviously a lot of money to be made in the industry, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see. What happens is more and more companies trying to get in on the action and bring more products to the market. A new study says having an egg for breakfast every day might protect you from heart disease, which is contrary to what we've thought forever. <laughs> right. Researchers <laughs> discovered that people who eat an egg every morning are almost 20% less likely to die from it. They're also almost 30% less likely to have a deadly heart attack or stroke the study can be found in the journal Heart. So eat an egg every day. Every single day. At the cholesterol.
2: Until the next study that says that that is horrible for you. <laughs> right. And causes massive heart clogging and damage.
3: Football season is upon us, which means fantasy football season is here as well. While fantasy football is pretty much a time suck and money suck for some people, some teenagers are trying to cash in and play it to win money for college. GM Genius, a new program run by How I Decide, which is an educational nonprofit group, is using fantasy football to teach students critical thinking skills and, as an added bonus, offer scholarship money to the top players as well. Uh, this is a real thing that they do. Nearly a thousand students participated last season. More than $20,000 in scholarship money was given away. Unbelievable for fantasy football
2: fantasy football e-sports is a thing now i mean you can be a professional e-sports athlete Mm -hmm. they give you a track suit and everything
3: uh big surprise here having money makes you happier a new study looked at lottery winners and found they were more satisfied with their lives than the rest of us schlubs and the bigger the jackpot eh, the happier they were (laughs)
2: Really? Have they ever seen that show, uh, How the Lottery Ruined My Life? Apparently
3: it doesn't. Uh, Even decades after they won, the winners said that they were happier. Researchers say their study bucks the quote, widespread misperception that winning the lottery often makes people miserable. They say those studies used outdated methods and did not test for the right things, and apparently they did not watch the show, The Lottery Ruined My Life.
2: There was a guy on that show who had so much money he didn't know what to do with it and he just started buying like weird stuff and then he opened his own pawn shop (laughs) I was like dude you won the lottery you don't have to sell a katana blade from the 1800s
3: yeah man you can just go buy
2: a fat house somewhere (laughs) and live there with everything you've ever wanted inside of it yeah there is where a would new you show. go? Where would you where, move?
3: Where would I move? Yeah. I'd probably stay here, but I would have houses elsewhere.
2: Where's Which elsewhere? when the
3: lottery gets up to like three or 400 million, I always go on Zillow and look at places like in Malibu.
2: And okay. I thought you were going to be like, you know, I splurge for something in Moraine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, yeah, maybe like a little cabin up there. Yeah. Deep Creek. Yeah.
2: Has some nice Where spots. would you,
3: what would you do?
2: I'm Malibu. I yeah. mean, or San Diego. Because you San get, Diego is so beautiful. Yeah, the weather. But Every you, single day.
3: You know, in Malibu, you got the beach, or you could drive to the mountains.
2: Right. Or you, know? you could drive down into the city. It's not yeah. that far. Yeah. Malibu is amazing.
3: Yeah, that's always... And I'm so critical of the multi-million dollar homes I see on there. Oh, yeah. I'm like, ugh, who would have that in their oh, house?
2: God, why would anybody ever... Oh, if you have that money, that's where you would live? Yeah. <laughs> You mean a, a house that's carved into a cliffside where you can just see nothing but ocean in front yeah. of you?
3: and the sun beating down on you every day, hearing the splash of the surf.
2: Amazing. There's this guy um, who is a major, uh, he's a professional surfer. Larry Hamilton? Yeah. He's married a,
3: to Gabby Reese, yes. right? Yes,
2: and they have a huge training facility at their home in Malibu. Oh. Where they do, like, that underwater training. It's called, like, XTP or something. Mm-hmm. And it's all, like, training underwater with, like, dumbbells and stuff. And they do ice baths. And it's crazy. But, like, it's just on the edge of a cliff at their multi-million dollar mansion.
3: Yeah, and Malibu's not a huge area.
2: No, it's tiny. Yeah. I think they have, and like, Pepperdine is there. Right. On that, uh, you know, in that area. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a tiny, like, sleepy little surf town.
3: Definitely would. For millionaires. Yes. Uh, Reports say Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner have settled their divorce. I guess that was after she took them to rehab. Jen and Ben have reportedly agreed on a property settlement and the earnings over their 12 year marriage. Uh, That was all part of the settlement as well. They'll share joint custody of their three kids. Uh, The settlement does not define how much time each parent will get, though. Uh, the final settlement of the divorce will take place as soon as Ben is out of rehab, which How I does, think he's in rep rehab in Malibu. I was
2: just going to ask that. How does custody work when you're in rehab? Do the kids come to the rehab
3: and spend the night? I, yeah. It's probably a bad idea.
2: It's not a great idea, probably. <laughs> kids, daddy's got the shakes. Give me in just a minute. Batman <laughs> will be out in just a minute. Hold on.
3: Tim Conway is suffering from dementia, the 84-year-old actor and comedian currently in a nursing facility, according to court documents obtained by People magazine. Carol Burnett star's daughter, Kelly, wants to be placed in charge of his medical treatments, claiming that his wife, Charlene, is trying to move him to a facility where he can't get the help he needs. Documents say that Conway cannot provide for his food, health, and clothing and is almost entirely unresponsive. In addition to his work on the 70s Carol Burnett show, Conway has made numerous TV appearances over the years, starring in Mikhail's Navy and landing guest roles on shows from 30 Rock to Mad About You. Finally, 28 years ago today, Stevie Ray Vaughan and three members of Eric Clapton's crew were killed in a helicopter crash in wisconsin vaughn and clapton were touring together eric clapton was not on that helicopter forecast today warm and humid pretty uh swampy today possible rain temperatures near 90 it's 78 at dve i'm val porter with bill crawford mike pursuit with sports coming up at the bottom of the hour and uh to commemorate that sad anniversary we'll play some stevie right now here on dve Morning show.
5: i go to softball practice now they're practicing you guys aren't gonna understand this because you're pittsburgh you're not la uh, they're practicing without a ball. Okay, uh, what? They don't want to introduce failure this early into the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I I said I said where's the ball? <laughs> and this mom's like, oh, we don't want to introduce failure this early in the season. I was like, I think that's how you make snowflakes. So, <laughs> coach is out there. I swear to you. I swear to you all my children. Coach out there. No ball. No bat. But he's holding a ball and a bat like he Like he He's all right. Runners on first and second. Ground ball to Lily. Lily Frompkin at third base fields it perfectly, (laughs) steps on third, throws it to second. She catches it, throws it to first. Triple play, girls, way to go. Everyone goes nuts. They just turn. Imaginary, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imaginary
2: triple play. Yeah, but they're
5: celebrating like it's a real one. By the way, first triple play I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter is in center field, and he's like, all right, base is loaded. (laughs) Fly ball to Isla. And I watch my daughter immediately start backing up and then look over her head and start running like it flew over her head.
4: (laughs) Who fails
5: in their own imagination? I called my wife. I go, you're never going to believe what your moron daughter just (laughs) did. My wife's like, do not make fun of her. Don't, like, she's like, this is her beautiful little brain. I I want to keep it like that. I don't want to break it. I was like,
7: mm. I think it's broken.
5: <laughs> I have to drive home with the
7: kid. I'm literally in the car and I. I, I, Dude, I how drive. great is that? That she she's like she let her own pitcher get get, get taken yard by an imaginary hitter. <laughs> oh, you
5: should you should have seen the coach. He was like, I guess I hit it over her head. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm
5: sitting in the car with her and I go. Finally, I go, Yo, Isla, what happened with that fly ball? She didn't even say anything. Just looks out of the window, staring out like a window like a stoner. Doesn't even look, make eye contact with me and just goes, yeah, coach really got a hold of that one. (laughs) I'm telling you, this child is just
2: different.
3: (laughs) Sounds like she's got a career in comedy ahead of her.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) Him and his kids, like all the videos he posts with them, so funny. You got to follow Bert on Instagram and Twitter if you don't already. The machine is hilarious.
3: Oh, it has got to be one of the most entertaining things. I mean, it's stressful, but having kids has got to be really entertaining.
2: Oh, yeah. At times. No, there's no question about it. And, I mean, Bird is a guy who really gets a kick out of his kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, And they're just really funny. Like, he posted a Mm -hmm. video... About one of his daughters, like doing a somersault into dog poop, and she <laughs> didn't know what it was. That. You know what I'm talking yes. about? You've seen it, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and he's crying. He can't breathe. He's like, "Get your mom! Get your
3: mom! Mom, get here! Somebody help!" That sounds exactly like Bert.
2: And his his daughter says "dog crap," but the real version of it, <laughs> and with her lisp, <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever.
3: Oh, also Bert. make sure you
2: check out secret time on netflix right now bert's new special is streaming
3: yeah yeah definitely Highly recommend it, out. it um and it was, since we're speaking of comedy billy gardell he's got his two shows coming up in november well, that's uh, right at the Benedum, and uh well what was the first show on november 17th saturday night sold out so they added a second show the night before yes uh and there so a are a confusing f- yeah there are a few tickets uh still available for that one so you can find the link on uh, dve.com just go to our concert calendar
2: that's going to be a great show
3: ah uh, i can't wait to see him again i know he was just here yeah, a week ago but
2: i know it made me miss him even more though. i
3: know yeah so um my pursuit coming up next uh one more chance to get a look at. Steelers players who may or may not make the team uh, that'll be coming up this Thursday Steelers taking on the Carolina Panthers 730 kickoff and of course we get the pregame underway at 330 with Rob King and Tim Benz then uh, Dale Lolly joins in and then at uh, 530 Mike Pursuta Jerry Dulac and Bob Labriola with the network pregame kickoff again 730 with Bill Hillgrove and Tunch and Wolf and Mike is up next on DVE. The
2: DVE Sports.
1: I'm Mike Pursuit for DVE Sports. Uh, another tough weekend for the Pirates, and uh, those have been piling up. They lose in Milwaukee yesterday, seven to four. Since their 11-game winning streak on July the 11th through the 24th, the Pirates have gone 11 and 18. Whoops. That includes losing five of the last six and ten of the last 13. And uh, the trend continues in the wrong direction for yesterday's starter, Chris Archer. He lasted just four innings, and he gave up six earned runs on seven hits, a couple of walks, and five strikeouts. Archer's ERA in
2: five starts with the Buccos is 6.45. Can Bob Nutting threaten to sell the team or something? Move them? (laughs) some kind of proclamation that uh gets these guys ready to go on another run need to get their attention again and they're going to need another <laughs> yeah they're going to need another profound winning streak to uh get
1: back into the wild card chase uh at 64 and 67 they are well off the pace it looks like it is uh wait till next year time or continue developing toward next year time more accurately the pirates are off today they'll be uh, in st louis for the start of a three-game series tomorrow chris archer looks great until they club the ball on him yeah that's I mean, a he's, problem he's just as if you heard our interview with rob king today he's got the stuff it's not a lack of ability but it, something isn't translating since he got here and uh everybody thinks this guy's better than this but he has not been yet uh Nothing to do to the rest of this year, but keep running them out there every fifth day and see if they can get it figured out. Steelers are coming off a 16-6 win over Tennessee on Saturday. That was uh, a game that uh, helped everyone kind of exhale a little bit, uh, particularly as it related to the defense, which hadn't been very good the time uh, previously in Green Bay. We could go Thursday, but... Uh, The defense very good against Tennessee that goes for the established guys such as Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt guys you're going to be counting on and it also goes for uh, rookie linebacker Matthew Thomas an undrafted guy who has continued to subtly make a name for himself this preseason it was a little less than subtle I should say a little more than subtle against Tennessee on Saturday night. Thomas got a handful of snaps with the first team defense. It was a Specialty package, Anthony Ciccolo came out and Thomas came in and uh, they rearranged the pieces a little bit and uh, there was a significant step up for Thomas at least that's the way Matthew Thomas perceived
4: things. I need all the experience I could get so i mean I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to to more but um I did think it was a big deal you know just just being out there with the first team
1: yeah they're they're trying to find a way to apply this guy's skills, which Stefan toett has described as freakish. the way he can run at uh, 6'3 and 230. And to your point, he would know. He's a freak. He is. And, uh, hey, big guys are great. Big guys who can run are even better. And uh, the way the NFL is evolving now, the, the guys who can run are maybe more important than the guys who are big. Do you see this guy making the team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just a question on does he do anything for them? Beside special teams but yeah I see him making the team of course I don't I don't get to pick the team but if I did Bill he'd be on it he's uh he's got size he's got speed and uh they've worked him a little bit outside as the preseason has progressed and they've done that enough that uh Matthew Thomas believes he can play whatever linebacker position they want him to play
4: yeah i feel like i definitely you know move move from inside to outside just to give you know some help to uh to uh to the defense or whatever but yeah i feel flexible enough versatile. you know to, to move back and forth
1: we also saw terrell edmonds make another play we've been seeing that since ota's his uh interception at heinz field uh, a great example of the defense working the way it's supposed to work uh it was nice uh I was,
0: I was standing down the quarterback because my man, my man, he was right there on my hip, so I, I knew I was going to undercut it if the quarterback was going to throw it, and I knew I had Sean Davis over top. So regardless, I can just try, go out there and try to make a play, and I knew I had SD. I trust him. I knew he was going to be back there behind me. And after after it happened, it was just time to get up and go. So I was trying to get a, as many yards I, as I can for the
2: offense. I had to wipe my eyes after that interception. That was like mm-hmm. echoes of uh, Troy Polamalu, with the uh, the get up and go. Zero to sixty. Yeah, he had to. He had to uh, extend for the ball. It's not like they threw it right
1: between the three and the four. He knew where his guy was. He knew Sean Davis, the free safety, was behind in support. And the play started with Bud Dupree flushing Marcus Mariota. Mariota rolling left and trying to throw right Across his body. Yeah, that's usually a recipe for disaster. But that's all three elements of the defense doing what they're supposed to do. And can't
3: wait to see more of that kid.
1: I can't. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And uh, it be interesting to see how they get him in there more because so far all he's done is replace Morgan Burnett or Sean Davis when they're not in the lineup or be in that seven defensive backs thing. And uh, I don't know how much they're going to use that, but uh, they seemingly got to find ways to get Terrell Edmonds out there. Cause, uh, he's a playmaker. He doesn't always make the play. Yet he, he had a tough night in Green Bay, as a lot of them did. But Yeah, he did. He can he can do some things for you as well that, uh, well, there's a reason they drafted him
2: on the I mean, first coming round. right out of the gate, having to guard Jimmy Graham isn't exactly an easy task either. It's not. That one you kind of forgive. but Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham are going to connect on a few passes this year, I think.
1: When it's Brett Hundley to some guy from Indiana State. That's cause for concern. Then you got to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. maybe there's something you could have done on that play to prevent that. <laughs> right. Uh, it was just a preseason game, but uh, Terrell Edmonds, who he's been kind of giddy ever since he got here, and he was again on Saturday. He really liked playing at Heinz Field, even if the game didn't count. It was amazing.
4: Um, just being at Heinz Field, being in the atmosphere. I'm ready for the real season when it's really packed out
0: out there. I know it's gonna be loud. Uh, I think it's called. Is it Renegade? That yeah. So when they played that in the fourth quarter, and I saw how loud it got just for the time, it was it was amazing.
2: The yeah. kid from
0: Virginia Tech knows <laughs>
2: Renegade. I knew
1: we liked him for a reason. Yeah, that's uh, that was the last box he had to check, right?
2: He's yeah. in. So now you just get him but out don't there. Don't ask him, you know, another song from the Sticks catalog, because I'm I'm sure he doesn't know that any. I think I would lose respect if he knew some more. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Ah, ladies, one of my favorite songs. You know they kind of shove "Renegade" uh, down everybody's throat here, and, and you know the fans love it, the players love it. It's a great, great pump-up. Awesome. So why not? Why not? But that's that's as far as I want to go down the river. Sticks. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yes, <laughs> I agree. Although I, I, I will be going to see Dennis DeYoung.
1: I have come to accept "Renegade" for what it is at a Steeler game.
2: And the package yeah, they put together versus the to. Titans, with them slamming Mariota <laughs> on his neck. It's great. The rest
1: of it, eh, you know, to each his own.
3: All right. Whatever you say.
1: I'm not a Sticks guy.
3: They have some good songs. Well, they're
1: not playing Come Sail Away. Or Babe. Nor should they. Let's not Let's not go. Babe, I love you. <laughs> let's just never go too far into the Sticks catalog. Renegades. <laughs> There's
3: some good rocking tunes.
1: The beginning and the end.
3: Is that it? That's it. Are you done? If All I'm right. talking
1: about renegade. Clearly, I got nothing else.
3: Steelers and Panthers. Final <laughs> chance to get a look Just at some of these guys. Trying to make this segment
2: better, so we started playing it.
3: Coming up this Thursday, uh, kickoff will be 7:30. We'll get the DVE pregame underway here at 3:30 with Rob King, Tim Benz, and Dale Lolly, and uh, Mike, you and Labs, and Jerry D. At 5:30, kickoff at 7:30. Last chance to see who might make the team.
1: And. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. Yes. That's always the goal in the preseason. But, man, is that really an important thing to (laughs) achieve this Thursday night.
3: So that'll be this Thursday here on your flagship station for Steelers Football 102.5 DVE. Yesterday was National Potato Day.
7: Well, God, uh, thanks for telling me now.
3: A new survey about our love of french fries and potato chips. Less than 1% do not like fries. So pretty much everybody. Yeah, everyone. How do you not like fries you of could, some sort? You have to. Fries are our favorite way to eat potatoes, but just barely mashed potatoes a close second, followed by baked hash browns and then potato salad. What's the
7: best meat to go with a potato?
3: But a steak.
7: Mm. Not turkey?
3: Well, mashed potatoes.
7: Mm. I think turkey. Mm-hmm. Turkey and turkey gravy might outdo like a
2: pot roast beef well, gravy.
3: You would eat turkey and a baked potato? I'll do whatever I want to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Open turkey sandwich with gravy all over everything. The fries I everything.
3: Definitely have made mashed potatoes for her dinner and just eaten. Mashed potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> my mom <laughs> and used to make potato, put it in a glass. Got
2: it, what? stuck a straw in there. <laughs>
7: my mom used to make a big vat of gravy with like beef gravy yeah. And, uh, like, onion. gravy yeah and then you just put it over potatoes like poor man's like, irish uh or whatever the shepherd's, shepherd's pie bar. Yeah. and there would be two vats on the stove and you know because everyone had different practice times it's, yeah be, all you know six kids playing three sports and you would just <laughs> two big dollops <laughs> like you're in prison throw them in the microwave sit down and eat a volcano of beef Which was, by the way, my nickname In high school
2: Volcano of beef The beef volcano Oh, he's gonna run (laughs) <laughs> Everybody run!
7: <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Well, that's it for us. Wrapping up the DVE morning show for a Monday. Thanks to Rob King from AT&T Sportsnet for joining us this morning, as well as being a part of the DVE Steelers pregame show. Uh, we're taking bets to see if Randy comes back tomorrow from vacation.
2: I say he's
1: back tomorrow.
3: I say he's going to squeeze in an extra day.
1: Yeah, I'll take your action on that, Crawford. I'm with Val. Really? All right.
3: But regardless... One. Billy Gardell will join us we tomorrow in here. the 9 a.m. hour. We will be here as well. Michelle Michaels up next. She's got the electric lunch at noon here on DVE.
2: I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! <laughs>